some crazy ish going out there, boy, right about now, boy. We got got some sickness going on. We got this thing going on and it's taking off people, man, and um I don't know, it's a cleansing, you know what I mean? It's uh it's uh wow, I don't even know what else to say about that. Got a whole bunch of crazy politicians in office, they doing a whole bunch of old crazy stuff, so they really letting everybody know how they really feel about them anyway. But I'm not going to talk too much about that because if you guys know anything about anything, you know what's happening. Boy, it's it's a mess. But anyway, as usual, we got a great, great show for you. We got Mr. Vincent Bowie going to be joining us a uh, moment here. And I love the topic of the show today, Truth Gains Physical, Spiritual, and Career Growth for the Empowered. Uh, Mr. Bowie is an a author a publisher, and uh, one of the main things is he's a fitness trainer. So, you know, we're going to chop it up about all of that, and we're going to talk about uh, 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 black folks and what they're doing, what they're not doing, and what they should be doing. We're going to do all that stuff, man. So don't go nowhere. Get your pen and pencil out. I'm sure you probably want to take notes. I know I want to take notes, especially because I'm so forgetful nowadays. So, you know, we all need to take notes. But anyway, Vincent, are you with us? Yes, indeed, and thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here, brother. Oh, well, it's a pleasure for you to stop through and chop it up with us, man, and let my listeners know everything about you, everything that you got going on. You got a whole bunch of stuff going on, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you definitely yes, got it. Um, well, go ahead. No, I just finna say you definitely got that entrepreneurial spirit, boy. So I definitely take my hat off to you for that. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Yes, uh, well, that comes from you know growing up, born and raised in Hampton, Virginia. And if anyone's familiar with that part of the country, you know that uh, your your opportunities are very limited. And so it's either going to be athletics, the military, or either the shipyard. Or if you're into health, then nursing. Now, with all those things, of course, you know, I, like a lot of other people out there, I got into it thinking that I was going to be this NFL, star NFL player. And I started playing football from the age of six all the way through high school until I started noticing that, uh, you know, maybe this isn't the way to go because, like I said, you know, coming from that area, there's a lot of talented folks out there, and I saw a lot of talented people before me go to college, and they weren't getting picked up in the NFL, or if they did go to the NFL, they were really uh, just journeying. And so I'm thinking to myself, well, they're good. I'm pretty good as well, but <laughs> I don't have this Hercules body or this, you know, I wasn't blessed with that physical trait, so with that being said, it's time for me to think about something else. And I wanted to take on uh, some of the things that I had uh, taken a liking to growing up, which was writing, um, fitness. Uh, and, and like you said, you know, just having that entrepreneurial spirit. But the thing that really got me into the entrepreneurial spirit is just wanting to take control of my life and take control over um, some of the things, that, the issues that I was seeing in, in the world. Uh, and not just complaining about it, but having an actual role in where I was doing something about it, helping other people grow and bringing people along to where it was just about their gifts and their talents and not 
a lot of the other things, you know, factors that go into it, like the propaganda and other topics that I'm pretty sure we'll get into in our discussion today. Absolutely, absolutely, because with all the uh, with all the uh, distractions and the negativity that's going out there in the world, I mean, I mean, it's kind of really hard for people to really focus. You know, it's, you know. Um, uh, at least I see it that way. You know, they they can't really focus on what they really need to be focused on because they are so easily distracted. Right. I mean, there's so many factors and things to uh, dissipate our energy and our focus. You know, you have social media. Uh, then there's you know, social media is out here telling you that you know you need to look this way, act this way. Uh, you know, a lot of our virtues have become distorted because of that. And I think that a lot of people are now, you know, especially a lot of young people in their 20s, they're approaching their 20s and coming into their 30s in the wrong way. And so you look up, you know, and you're, you're in your mid-30s and pushing 40, and you look back and say, whoa, I, I've wasted all this time. Um, and, or you know, you're growing backwards. And so, yeah, I, I really agree with you, the focus thing. And, you know, that's a spiritual aspect of uh, what, what I wanted to chop it up about, you know, that's one of the main things that we have to do. We have to find a focus of, you know, what we truly want, being goal-oriented in the sense of getting what we want. But right now we're, we're experiencing so much critical mass. <laughs> well, <laughs> that makes sense. well, how, well how, how would you suggest, because I know there's one of the key points here, combating negative propaganda in the media, so how how would you suggest right. that you know people out there listening start? You know what I mean? Because some people can't count to ten without stumbling. So how would you even tell them to get started? <laughs> I shouldn't even. I, should, I know I'm gonna get it for saying that one too. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the first things I would encourage someone to do is uh, again get right with themselves. Do a lot of self reflection, and um, I have a favorite little thing that I like to do when I call it the kicking the dust principle. And kicking the dust principle is basically ridding yourself of the dead weight. You know, what's stopping you from bringing your best self? What's stopping you from achieving what you want in life? Whether that be bad habits, bad friendships. Sometimes even our own family may get in our way. Your hometown. Um, you know, and just bad traits. And then you take it a step further, what are you uh, what are you accepting into your life? You know, what are you uh, partaking in? What I mean by that is, you know, what what movies and what media do you plug into? Because people could be faithful all they want to, but we also have a belief system. And that belief system comes from what we ingest. So if you're ingesting negative images and negative thoughts on, on television, and you're listening to music that just has negative things, and you're, you know, being around negative people, then nine times out of ten, you're going to have negativity swimming around in your life. So that's one of the first things I would tell people. Um, and it's just having that faith to achieve the grace. You know, don't wait on perfect conditions because you'll never get anything done. <laughs> well, well, I, well, from uh... – from the 90s to the 2000s, how, how, how do you see the media's change, and what do you feel about that? Well, if you look back in the 90s and the early 2000s, it was like a, a, a very high, it was like a, let me, 
it was a light on virtuous things, honorable things. You know, uh, there was we saw movies of of marriage. You know, between men and women, that respect factor. Uh, even in the '90s, Arab 2000s, there was still a sense of black consciousness. There were uh, positive black male lead roles in movies. Um, and again, when you talk about you know the uh, love and respect between men and women, that was showcased a lot more. Fast forward to now, it's everything to opposite of that. Uh, you know, that that marriage is being dishonored. Uh, I think that that really started when we uh, got the show what Scandal with Terry Washington, you know, <laughs> and that just taught women how to be side chicks, and, and you had a, a just a, a massive overhaul of things like that. Things uh you know people put shows and media promoting LGBTQ, and you know if that's what people want to do, that's what people want to do. But at the end of the day, you know, we were supposed to be seen in a stronger light. And that, and it seems like now it's shifting to where uh, men aren't men anymore, women aren't women. The gender roles have reversed. Uh, right. Marriage is not being honored anymore. Um, and, and then taking a step further with the black male uh, lead roles, you know, I, I I used to love watching movies back in the day and mimicking some of the actors that we saw and some of the characters that we were given. But now. <laughs> I don't. I feel for these young kids because now they're seeing grown men, you know, uh, either dress up in lipstick and dresses and wigs, or they're seeing them in a subservient role, even though they're supposed to be the lead role. And I've seen this. I'm not going to list any movies, but I've seen it from you know your, your Marvel movies to you know your, your dating movies, and it's just big propaganda film, man. And I guess the thing about it is, man, if you if you're not with that, or if you frown on those type of productions, you the one end up getting shunned because they just want you to just accept it, and it's just supposed to be okay. Accept it. Absolutely, and it's everywhere. I mean, think about the craziness that we've been experiencing. What I believe just this past weekend with the Jada Pinkett and the Will Smith situation. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, we've gotten this new word entanglement and. Some people are going to take that and run with it, but at the end of the day, that's nothing to honor and that's nothing to be proud of. You know, it, it's just preaching, uh, being to be promiscuous, adultery, and things of that nature. And like you said, you know, you need someone who's trying to uh, go divert from that. You will get shunned for it, and you probably will get blackballed from uh, <laughs> from Hollywood and anywhere else too, because that's just not the game right now. You can tell that the the executives. On the uh, on the top of the food chain, this is something that they are pushing and that they want. And, <laughs> and so, you're so right about that <laughs> one because I've been on set many, many, many times and, and and looked around and and I don't know. It's it's uh, like I said, that's what they trying to make the new norm. All right, and a lot of the things are very crowbarred. Um, you know, it doesn't even make sense. And sometimes we're taken by surprise, and I don't mean that in a good way. Uh, you know, you'll be watching a good show or a show that was good, and then next thing you know, uh, you're seeing something like, you know, where did this come from? You know, uh, I said that yesterday. I said that yesterday. (laughs) Yeah, man. Um, uh, 
that show. I don't know if you watched The Shy. And, you know, me and my lady, we only got into two episodes of this season because, uh, you know, the first one, you know, they had it just threw me for a loop. Um, you know, it's something that didn't even go with the narrative, but they had, you know, the, the, the lesbian marriage and, you know, they're showing an explicit lesbian scene with, you know, her whipping out a strap on and <laughs> and then, wow. you know, you fast forward to the the next episode and you have the actor who played uh, uh, Johnny Gill, the new edition story. They have him who, uh, who was presumed to be a straight dude, but they have him over here having an intimate uh, scene with uh, an open transsexual woman. So it's it's just it's basically showing you you know which direction they're going in and I, for for to to be a consumer of it and a producer of it you know it shows you that you know this is what they want as actors and this is what they want the world to consume as well and it's <laughs> I don't I I don't have any words for it. Well, as an actor I, I, myself, you know, I've been I've been like I said I've been around some of that stuff you know, but. They know not to even come at me uh, with that because of my own spiritual, <laughs> right. my own spiritual, you know, beliefs. You know what I mean, and it just makes it bad too because you really can't comment and you gotta be careful. Even on set, and I've watched myself a couple of times. Even on set, I had to watch who I was talking to and watch what I said right. when I was talking to him. And 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 one guy I was talking to, you know, just like I'm talking to you on the air right now, and we was talking about uh, some movie, even the film we were shooting, and he was yeah. telling me something about uh, the the movie was similar to the one that he and his husband went and seen the other day, and I, I kind of <laughs> like choked on my food, you know what I mean? I was trying to swallow, you know what I mean, at the time, but uh, I'm like, but anyway, enough of that one, you know, because they're going to do what they're going right. to do, and, and, and Big Boy right. Stad's going to handle that one, you know what I mean? Exactly. So, so exactly. as you're coming up, doing your thing, man, um, I see, uh, was Faces of Prophecy uh, one of your first books? Yes, it is my first book, and uh, the funny thing about that was uh, it started off as a screenplay because I'm an actor as well, and, uh, you know, basically everything that we talked about in the media, I was seeing that early. So I said to myself, well, you know what, instead of trying to just break into Hollywood and get into their role, how about I write something? And uh, it started off as a screenplay, but then I got the idea that uh, to – first garner a true fan base for it to just get the story out. And the best way to do that uh, for me was to write a novel, you know. And, yeah, it's my first novel, the first in the uh, Leakway series. And it is going to be a series of, you know, just going through these, basically, yeah, going through these four men's lives and, and just trying to see how they manage through their uh you know, their differences, their uh, internal and external conflicts, uh, their their fears, and, you know, and also challenging them to see, you know, are they going to tap into endless capabilities or are they going to become complacent? And all of these things are things that, you know, us as humans, we deal with every day in our lives. And sometimes we have to do that with somebody else and, and have an account with somebody else, you know, in a team setting where it can make it much more difficult. So 
I really wanted to, uh, you know, capture that and really wanted people to garner the message and try to first read it and then truly find yourself in the book, whether it be in the characters or just in a theme or something that, you know, because it's very relatable in the sense of, uh, you know, different challenges that we face in life. Wow, okay. So that's your first your first book uh, of many that's coming forth, huh? Uh, where uh, is it out already? Yes. 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 You can uh, find that on the EliteWaySeries dot com, uh, or you can just type in Faces of Prophecy into Google or in Amazon, and it'll be there. And it's also on uh, the Apple Books, Kobo, basically every other book platform there is. And uh, yes, um, you know, in the fall we're scheduled to have the, uh, Volume Two of the series. To come out, so that's going to complete the book one sequence, and that will, you know, solidify that. You know, we're going to keep on rolling these things out, but I need the readers and the people out there to support, um, so that you know they can continue to get a good, true story without all the crowbars and all the other, you know, negative things. You know, and again, from a black author, which I think that we need a lot more of. And we need to uh, publicize these stories a lot more as well. Well, you said uh, you said one word there about that word support, and that's definitely one thing that we really, 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 really need to start doing more. You know, people have a tendency yes. to talk about they supporting one another, especially you know in in our culture, our people. They talk yes. about they supporting each other, man. And I, I was telling a friend yesterday, I got like five thousand. Uh, supposed to be friends on my Facebook page, but if each one of them <laughs> did one download for 99 cents, just one download of my music <laughs> for 99 cents, you know, how, and I would just turn around right. and put it right back into somebody else, you know, that's trying to do the same thing, man. Exactly. But they talk about they support and they do this, man, but they don't. And I haven't figured out a way, I've, come, I've been able to come up with an invention or a concoction you know, to to get them to, to start doing what they mouth say. I even thought about trying to figure out how I can start selling air, Vincent. <laughs> I figure if I, I figure if I could figure out how to sell air, they wouldn't lie. You, you know what I'm saying? Because it would right. have to cost them right. to breathe the air in order to lie, so they would stop doing it. Yes, which may become a hot commodity here in the next few months if uh, this COVID thing doesn't leave us alone. <laughs> but yeah, man, I I agree with you. Um, I battled that myself, and yeah, even when I uh, you know got into this, I I thought that was the first thing that I was looking for. You know, where is the big black form that we can all connect and you know truly support one another? And I've reached out to people that haven't gotten any messages back. Uh, it, it, I think you know it's just that game that. That we play, you know, it's been like that for as long as I can remember. Call it crab in a barrel mentality, or I think it's just everyone, they are out for self. Everyone wants to be the guy or the woman doing their thing. And right, it's like people have strayed away from that uh, mentality of a network. You know, yes, you can, you can have yours and, you know, be doing your thing, but, you know, What's that compared to a network of individuals that you have supported and that can support you? And whenever you release something, 
they're right there to, you know, support it and vice versa. Um, and like you said, man, I'm still over here trying to <laughs> figure that out as well. Um, and it just seems like that's going well, to be they a long they definitely need to get back to the tribe mentality because it was a tribe mentality before it was a family mentality where everybody truly, truly helped everybody. You know what I mean? But right. like I said, because of everything else is going on out there, everybody's about self, you know, and even the people that yeah. you didn't put on, even the people that you've helped, you know, if at some point oh, in yeah. time in your career you reach out to them for, for help, and and they'll look at you, you know, and they want to start talking about the car you got or uh, how you live or uh, the clothes you wear. And and I'm like, <laughs> I, I would rather you just say, uh, man, I ain't going to help you. I, I probably would have more respect for them and start telling me all that other mess. You don't got to tell me what I have. I already know what I have. If I had any sense, right. I wouldn't have none of that, and I'd probably have some money. You know what I'm saying? So what does any of that have to do? With anything, I didn't ask you to pawn your wife or sell your dog when I helped you. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Right. It's crazy. Let, let me ask they, you, Lamont. Now, go ahead. When did you When do you think that that uh, that mentality, like you said, that tribe mentality? When do you think that you know we diverted from that and went to the self? I probably when we came off no, I can't say that. I was finna say when we came off the plantation, but that's not true because it was divisiveness then. You know, uh some people mm-hmm. ate better or uh dressed better or had a better um um living right. circumstance. You know, so the one is that way they were put in a situation where if they wanted to help bring the other ones up. Uh, they were afraid they were going to lose their status if they did that, if Massa found out about it. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. then the ones that would be receiving the help, you know, seven out of ten couldn't keep their mouth shut, so they would still mess that up. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, it would be yeah. really hard-pressed for me to even give you a date, man. And I think it's hard-pressed right. on everybody today to make a conscious effort not to be that way because it's people changing. just can't say, people just can't say, oh, I'm not like that. That's BS. You yeah. know, it was, it was bred. Show me your action. It was bred in yes. So you yes. really have to make a conscious effort on a daily not to be that way. I mean, it's a yeah. thought process. It's like breaking a generational it, it, curse. It, it is. It is. And it's a learned it's a learned behavior. You have to consciously tell yourself, you know, even though those people are acting like that with me, I'm not going to stifle my blessings to go out and be that way. You know what I'm saying? And it's hurtful right. because the people that you've helped yeah. don't help you. And then when you do get help, nine times out of ten is from a stranger or somebody that hasn't been around you. Yeah. And, yeah. Hey man, you can say that again. Uh, the, the amount of people, man, my family, friends, old associates who I have reached out to and tried to uh, get something going, I don't know if they think I'm you know, playing, not serious. Or, again, it just comes to that that point of, well, I, I see you trying to do you and get yours, but just know I'm trying to get mine as well. So I want to beat you to it before you get there. Well, they want to strip, and then they want to strip your pride. They want to strip your pride, even in the process of that, because 
being being a right. true black man, being a true king, you know what I mean, you have a certain amount of pride and it's not even in you to let people know that you need help. You'd figure the ones that was around yeah. and close to you, they would see that that maybe you're not running like you normally run on both feet, maybe you're kind of hobbling and limping a little bit, and they supposed to like <laughs> kind of brace you up, you know what I'm saying, instead of wanting yeah. to put you in another little situation uh, to, to, to look up to them. And I'm like, what kind of crap is that? You know what I mean? So they can feel like they're the bigger <laughs> man or the bigger woman. You know what I mean? That mess is crazy. Right. But it was inbred in us, and I, and I would definitely challenge all my listeners if you can't be true to nobody else, at least be true to yourself and make a conscious Absolutely. effort to, to elicit change because that's the only way that we're going to fix this thing is if we try to change and make it a point to change. Other than that, you're going to keep saying yeah. the same old song and you can't get mad at that other man for treating you like he treats you because you see how you're treating yourself and others. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, and I ain't preaching no more today. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, I just want to say this to everybody that just joined the show. Um, we talked to Vincent Bow. We talked about his book, his publishing company, his life, and we finna get off into this physical fitness thing because we know right now since this pandemic got you locked in, you need to try to get off them pounds because I know you're probably sitting around eating too much. But anyway, press number one on your phone. Uh, we'll be glad to let you join the conversation, and you could ask your questions and speak your mind. It's all right. We don't have a problem with that. And the call-in number, just so you'll know, is 646-929-2870. Press number one on your phone, and let's see what you're thinking. So, Vincent, before we jump into the, uh, the, the, the fitness part of it, what do you think is missing as far as the black authors out there? In the literature world, uh, I would say, like I said, there's really no not a big forum. You know, I I've joined Facebook groups and tried to you know connect with people through uh, Instagram and other social media outlets, but there's not a concrete forum for us. And again, there's not really black black stories are not really being publicized. Like that, even if they are good, you know. So whether or not somebody has a wonderful story, it's just you know circulating in their city or in their hometown or on one side of the country. And so we need this thing on a much broader scale. You know, I want to get back to the the era of the Donald going, you know, the Richard Wright, Alice Haley, you know, just different having a plethora of authors. And right now, it just seems like we're we have a foundation of black authors, but, you know, even though some their stories, I wouldn't call them outdated, they got some years on them, some tread on the tide. And now it's time for this new crop. You know, we need some new black authors to really uh, stand up and, and, and make a push. And I'm not talking about, you know, people who are already celebrities and coming out with a tell-all book or, you know, biographies. Me, I'm talking about people who just have – Genuine good stories and ready to be a good storyteller, uh, whether and so, uh, yeah. Go ahead. Let me ask you a question. Do you think uh, the distribution outlet have anything to do with that, or do you think that we need to devise or come up with our own different distribution network to make sure those types of work oh, that you're talking about get to the masses? Absolutely, because I do believe that there is some sabotaging 
uh, it goes on to some degree. Uh, you know, um, I, I've tried to reach out to multiple marketing agencies to bring more notoriety to the book. And you got to, first of all, you have to have the resources. You know, that's one of the first things that I realized getting into it. No one's going to be there to hold your hand. No one's walking you through it. And it takes a lot of resources. I remember I was looking into uh, getting a billboard. <laughs> I thought that I was going to be able to get a billboard out here. And, you know, maybe that is something down the road. But for right now, you know, paying uh, upwards of 20 plus $1,000 just to have a billboard for a week or so, and that's that's kind of like, you know, not in the cards right now. And then you talk about, uh, you know, going to other marketing agencies, and yeah, they'll you know they'll highlight your book and post your book on their website, but then they have it at the very bottom of the website and not at the top where you know some of our white counterparts and not Hispanic whites uh, are. So there's definitely a lot of sabotaging. I think that uh, if we were to, you know, have us a true platform where, you know, uh, new authors, new books, new stories are getting highlighted each and every day, then that would, uh, you know, start changing the, the, the landscape of things. And that's one of the reasons why I started the Vault Publishing, because I know how difficult it is for some individuals who have these great stories, but they just, they don't know where to start. And it is a dog-eat-dog world. You know, they don't... People won't tell you uh, all the different steps that you have to take in just this self-publishing realm at all. (laughs) I'm kind of (laughs) chuckling with you, man, because I went through that, you know, when I first published uh, my first book. You know, I I went through a sub-distributor, and the uh, sub-distributor kind of screwed me. But uh, when he did Mm. that, he did the best thing in life he could have ever done because I ended up hooking up with the people that – he was working underneath, you know, which is one of the oh, largest book distributors, which is one of the largest book distributors in the world that I have a direct deal with now. But you know, like anything cool. else, uh, when you when you come into life, you have to crawl before you walk. I don't care what anybody say, and unfortunately, in any business, it's pretty much the same unless you grandfathered in, and a lot of times that don't work because. You haven't struggled. You haven't went through the different phases, so you really don't know it. So if you come in from the top and you don't know the business, you're still going to be screwed up. So um, the way that we came in, you know, uh, about the publishing thing, you know, we had to learn how to edit stuff or have it edited. You had to learn how to format stuff or have it formatted, and you had to know the technical specifics of each one of those things, the dimensions and stuff the normal person would know and and would become, you know, a headache, a very tedious form, and that would be distracting, you know, within itself, you know what I mean, because they would have to know that. And even about the the, the graphics and the the different bleeds and different stuff that they would have to have some type of knowledge about, you know. um, So, you know, it's like, I don't know, it's, I don't know, I went through it, I know you went through it, and I know you better yes, off indeed. as a result because you have been through it, you know. So it's like Absolutely. people say knowledge is power. It, it, it really is. It really yes, is. it is. And it's going to, uh, you know, put you a step ahead because, uh, like you said, you know, you talk about the editing and things of that nature. That's one of the stereotypes of the stigmas that's tied to 
quote unquote self publishers anyway. You know, uh, and that's another thing that I realized. You know, I, I, I came into it thinking that people would be, uh, you know, amazed or proud that you have put this book together from start to finish, from you know just a word document to now this finished product. But it's the total opposite, and some of this stuff is warranted because you have some self uh, publishers who they do just get in and they cut corners, uh, whether advertently or inadvertently. Um, because of re- lack of resources or whatever other reasons, and you have misspellings, you know, grammatical errors, bad title, bad cover, like you said, you know, uh, not getting dimensions right, and and so all these things are stacked up against self-publishers. And if you're not careful, and if you don't pay t- uh, high attention of detail to those things, then you can set yourself back. And you know, the the worst thing that you can do, you know, first impressions is everything. So if you come out with a book. And it's a, from out the gate, you know, they reading the first couple chapters and you have, you know, maybe 10 misspelled words. That's the view that you're going to have as an author. And nine times out of 10, nobody's going to pick up that second book. Well, you're definitely right because they say, oh, this guy can't spell. He could at least went to school a couple of days, <laughs> you know, and went in one. But at least went to school a couple of days. I mean, nowadays you got spell checks, so there ain't no reason not to spell the word right. correctly. Yeah, you know. either misspell words or using words out of context and just other things. And so, yeah, the, the editing process is very important. And. Again, even that, even those services aren't cheap, you know. So I know oh, a lot of people, you know, they try to do it all themselves because of, you know, lack of resources. And, again, you know, why is that fair? You know, <clears throat> why is it that everyone who, you know, if you want to be a creative, you got to have a little capital to do anything these days. And, and with this publishing stuff, it adds up pretty quick, pretty quick. Yes, it does. And it's and it's it's not about who you know; it's how you know who you know. Right. Right. So uh, tell us, tell us this: as a young entrepreneur, man, how do you balance your work, your life, and your your new endeavors? Well, uh, the first thing is I, I make sure that I'm 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 doing right, living right. Uh, I. To have anything go on, to be successful in my life, I have to create that foundation for myself. And first and foremost, you know, I have a, a spiritual relationship with God um, and making sure that everything in my life is, that I'm doing everything that I preach, which is, you know, kicking the dust, making sure that I'm not, uh, you know, that I have anything that's holding me down or holding me back. Uh, also, um, I keep my faith and I have this, infinite mindset that that I had to kind of break away from because, you know, growing up in America, you know, you go from from the time you can walk, you're in school, and then once you graduate from school, you're immediately thrown into the workforce. And so you are dependent on outside factors for your schedule, for your compensation, and other things. So I had to completely rid myself of that and adapt this new my uh, infinite mentality that, you know, that everything that I do is, is going to matter, um, you know, and having a concrete plan and a focus on what I want to do, being very goal-oriented, uh, and then remembering what I'm in it for. Um, 
you know, with the business aspect, I wanted to create a foundation for not just my kids, but for my entire descendants. Um, I want, I wanted so, you know, 10 years, 20 years, maybe even 100 years after I'm gone from this earth, I have descendants that are coming into the world a step ahead. They don't have to, uh, you know, go to college and get themselves in $100,000 in debt uh, chasing some degree that probably will or won't matter. Or if they want to get a down payment on a home, they can do so. Uh, and so I know that I have to put in that groundwork now, and so I, that's what I keep my focus on uh, with the business aspect. And then with the fitness side of it, uh, it's me wanting to – sustain a healthy lifestyle, knowing that I can't be successful in anything if I'm having to go to the doctor or if I'm in the ER. Uh, you know, back in 2017, it was six black people in this country were 60% more likely to have high blood pressure. And if you look back in, uh, you know, even 20% of people in the country, black people in the country were, you know, a lot more likely to die from cardiovascular disease. And so, again, you know, we talk about all the things that have been, have been passed down generation to generation. That's even a generational curse. I'm pretty sure you, uh, you either know or even have members in your family, the same for me, with high blood pressure and things of that nature. So it's about making sure that I practice a different lifestyle where I'm you know, eating right, uh, you know, getting active, getting moving so that I can pass that down to my kids and so forth. And we all have to do that. We all have to be conscious of our health because without that, we won't be able to run a Fortune Fortune 500 company or do anything for that matter. And if we do, it it won't be sustainable. It won't last because you won't be there to see it. (laughs) Well, I was going to ask you that, too. That was going to be my next question. As a fitness professional, a, a, a trainer, how long have you been doing that? Oh man, well I would say it's going on uh, eight years now, eight years uh, upwards of ten because uh, I started maybe late in high school. I was able to volunteer at a physical therapy clinic, and um, I was learning. I learned on uh, from that uh, experience because you know it taught me a lot of things. It taught me how to uh, you know really nurse someone back to true strength and health, you know, dealing with people with uh, torn ACLs or, um, you know, torn rotator cuffs, elbow uh, bursitis, and things of that nature. And then as I went to college, uh, I began volunteering and interning with Bob uh, Secours out there in Richmond, Virginia. I did also do cardiac rehab and um, doing strength and conditioning, with uh, some, you know, some of the top athletes out there on the East Coast, and so, you know, all in it, all in all, that taught me, you know, both sides of it. I can know, I know how to, uh, you know, ramp up things, get someone to, you know, sweat, <laughs> lose their weight, uh, or, or just you know, chisel their body, and then I also know how to, you know, nurse someone back to, to strength, and um, you know, removing any pain. So one thing that I uh, I learned in it all is people need to create a foundation for themselves in terms of knowing how their body moves, how their body works, and good form. 
you know, <laughs> I, I see so many different professionals out here, quote-unquote gurus, uh, people, social media influencers who are, you know, giving people the, the gimmicky fitness stuff, you know, fitness that they've, a couple of, they've learned a couple of moves from either, you know, some sort of, uh, some sort of institution, and now they're, you know, bringing it to you, and they're just telling you to do this move, you know, do a, do a, a squat burpee and a backflip with a squat, and just like, uh, okay, you know, but, you know, if a person doesn't know how to do a proper squat, then you're setting them up for failure, and so, right. you know, all these years, it just has taught me how to, you know, take my time with people to truly break down someone's body and to, you know, just get you to know a proper squat. Know to get your knees behind your toes and get your hips back. And as your hips are going back, make sure that your knees are going out so that you can sit down in that squat. So there you're not going to have any knee pain. You're not going to have any arthritis later in the year, I mean, later in your life because you've been doing this wrong or, you know, knowing how to do a, a proper chest press. You know, people think that they're just supposed to get under the bar and just get to lifting, but no, you have to make sure that your elbows are under that weight properly so that you're not having uh, shoulder impingement, shoulder pain. And it's just little slight things like that, um, you know, that they only come with knowledge and experience. And unfortunately, we have a lot of people who, you know, they've just gotten into this fitness thing maybe a couple months, a year, uh, and, and, you know, something has worked for them whether it be a waist trainer <laughs> or, you know, they've actually uh, put in some work and gotten into, uh, you know, gotten their body to look a certain way. But it doesn't mean that they had the knowledge to really teach someone. And I think that, right. you know, a lot of people are being misled. Well, let me shoot this one on you, man. As a fitness professional, and I know we're dealing with this uh, pandemic right along now, what would you uh, tell people in regards to their fitness practices and their habits, what they should do and what they shouldn't do since, you know, everybody's sitting around and can't really move around too much. Right. Uh, I would say, uh, first and foremost, do what works for you. Um, you know, people have to approach the fitness lifestyle just like life in general, and I approach life just like a horse in a race. You know, uh, you know horses in a race, they're blind to the other horse beside them. Because they have those blinders on, so you're not supposed. To, don't look to <laughs> look at the next person. You know, first focus on what's going to work for you. What do you enjoy doing? And let it become natural. If you like dancing, and you you know dance two or three times a week, and that works up a sweat, and you're noticing that your your waistline is going down. Then by all means, continue to do so. Um, this pandemic, it it's it's showing me how creative people can be and how people are taking measures to, uh, if they truly want this, then they're going above and beyond to make sure they get it. I've seen people deck out their garages or people take, um, you know, uh, additional rooms that they have in their home and they're, you know, creating a small gym space, and I commend that. I encourage people to do that as well, uh, to try to find any and every outlet that they can to do any, uh, to do what they think that they need to do. You know, this is a time now where all excuses are out. You know, uh and I like that. <laughs> you know, you right. <laughs> I mean, you can go outside, you can go for a run, you can do I mean I've seen people take jugs and gallons of water and do certain things with I've seen people uh transform, you know, just empty buckets and, you know, put 
some sort of something to hold that weight down and they're, you know, doing curls with that. And, hey, you know, whatever works for you, that's what people need to be doing. And um, even for this pandemic, man, I think that, uh, you know, it's a good idea to, uh, a good idea to just, uh, again, be creative and, and try new things. No excuses. What about uh, what about the diet part of it? Even with that, man, I, you know, there's a lot of fad diets out here. You know, you have your low carb diet, uh, the diet that tells you to eat what you want just as long as you have a waist trainer on, or the infamous don't eat at all unless it's a salad. And the problem with that is, you know, you can not eat what you want for as long as you want to, but eventually you're going to start craving the things that you're depriving yourself from. And only that will only uh, lead to you regressing in your gains. Uh, and what I mean by gains is whether, you know, you are achieving your goals or not, whether that be weight loss or weight gain. But I tell people all the time to, uh, to watch what you eat, watch when you eat, and watch where you eat. Because eating is very psychological. You know, I tell people to stray away from uh, taking food to the bed and taking food to places where they're comfortable because then they're going to have that association with food and comfort. And now you find yourself, you know, laying in bed eating a whole tub of ice cream. Uh, You know, and we also need to uh, slow down with our eating. I don't know where this culture has gotten into our thinking where we need to gorge ourselves on food. You know, I go to different restaurants now and I see, or even myself, you know, I have to catch myself sometimes with, you know, receiving a plate, you get that plate, and next thing you know, you want to the second plate. And then by the time you're done with the second plate, you're even looking for a third plate, but then you realize, oh, my God, my stomach feels like it's getting ready to pop. Well, you didn't know that maybe 10 bites into that first plate, you were already full. And so we have a, a, a hormone in our brain, and a lot of people are becoming more familiar with this hormone, but it's called leptin. And that's the hormone that lets you know that your body is full. You do not need to ingest any more food. And if you do, now you're eating over your threshold, and that's where you're going to start packing on the extra pounds. Um, you know, I encourage people to uh, do intermittent Stop fasting. Stop being greedy. Whether in, <laughs> Stop being greedy. Right. Yes. 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 And, and, and I think that people can take that mentality into a lot of things, but definitely with the food, um, you know, you pick a time where you want to eat, schedule. For me, it's like from 12 to 8. After that uh, 8 o'clock period, I, it's about discipline. There is no more eating, um, no more eating uh, after that or before 12. And so, again, that's just for me. Somebody else, your schedule may be different, so it may permit you to, you know, start at from 10 to 6. But whatever that is, you need to be disciplined. If you truly want this, um, and I don't see why it would be hard to accomplish. Uh, again, I, let me have to resonate on what you just said, if they truly want it, because I see that a lot too. People claim they want to work out. They claim they want to lose weight or whatever it is they're trying to do, you know, physically. You know, they talk about it, but that's the extent. Of right. It. Exactly. And somebody like myself, no I'm not going to make you feel good. Right, right, you know, and we have to uh, hold each other accountable. And as a trainer, and I stress this to all trainers, 
make the people, your clients, accountable for their actions. This isn't the time now to uh, pamper someone or to hold someone's hand and, you know, have them tell you, oh, yes, I I drank three glasses of wine and I had, uh, you know, uh, two plates of this and pasta, and and then then they come to you right after that and say, but why am I still not losing weight? You need to tell them. You need to be honest with them. You need to stop eating so much. You know, you need to uh, and give them, you know, real good uh, tips. Just like I said with the intermittent fasting and, and you know, even slowing down when they're eating. But of course, people want that money. People want, uh, you know, clients to return and for them to be, instead of uh, following a regimen, they want to be liked. So they won't tell them that they won't be, uh, won't give them the harsh reality of what it truly is. And, and in a sense, you know, it's doing nothing but hurting them in the end. Yes, because they 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 missed out on the first part about being truthful. Right. There's something, something, something. Well, anyway, man, we gonna keep them in prayer, man, and and, and hope that there is some change. <laughs> you know, some some reckoning. You know, because old people say, you know. Uh, do what you say, just real simple. You know, if you say you're going to do it, do it. If you're not going to do it, don't say it. And that applies right. to everything on your foundation, you know what I mean? You know, why, why speak well, we also that so you know many. you're not going to do? Exactly. But, but that goes back to the focus thing that you were talking about earlier. We have so many, like, say like this, uh, for instance, somebody can say that they today they're going to start – on a diet and they're done eating certain things, but the moment they turn on that TV, they see this savory-looking food and, you know, then they, they, they pick up their phone and they see it on Instagram or they see it on some other social media outlet. And so you have so many things always pulling you away from the direction that you want to go. And so that's why we have to do a lot of self-reflecting. We have to do a lot of uh, checking ourselves. And also checking what we ingest. If there's something that you have in your life that is causing you to stray away from certain things that you said you want to do, then you have to cut it off. You know, I, I had a thing where, uh, you know, I said to myself, I wanted to get away from the party lifestyle. I wanted to get away from drinking and, uh, you know, smoking weed and doing things of that nature. Well, in order to do so, it wouldn't make any sense for me to continue to hang around some of my buddies who, the first thing they do when they see me, they they whipping out a, a blunt or something, or they, uh, you know, the first thing they're offering me is a drink. It, it's just very contradicting. And so we have to have that same approach with everything in our life. Uh, and that just goes back to that kicking the dust principle. Right. Right. Well, we'll quickly, man, cause we got a few more minutes left on the show. But give me your give me your uh, your views on this uh, uh, Black Lives Matter thing, man. Everybody's talking about it. Oh, uh, we all know what the, we all know what the problems are. But but what is the solution? Yeah. The solution, I feel like, uh, well, for one, Black Lives Matter, the energy in that has become so dissipated because, man, what is that? Um, what is the definition of Black Lives Matter? Is it uh, LGBTQ, is it trans, is it, you know, uh, is it, we, we don't know. Is it justice for, you know, victims who are killed unlawfully or, or, or what? Because right now I think that uh, 
what I know for a fact that as blacks, we need to have a true concrete agenda and a focus on what it is we want and what it is we're going to do to obtain it. We've had the conversations. I don't know how many more seats at the table we want, how many more conversations we want to have. At some point, it's going to have to be some action taken. And in order to do so, we have to get on one accord. But right now, we're not able to do so because we don't know who's an ally. We don't know uh, within ourselves who's really fighting with us. And so I, I really encourage all of us as blacks to truly I identify what it is we're going to be, you know, reaching for, and and have a a, a no nonsense approach to it. You know, we can't have uh, rallies anymore where you know people are over here fighting for, I won't say equality because, uh, but we're fighting for something serious on one end, and then you know somebody down the street is over here twerking and uh, you know or just dissipating the energy. Oh, we also can't. Right allow ourselves to be tricked by some of these people who uh, are claiming Black Lives Matter because now you look into the protests and all these parades, a lot of these people, they're not even black. You have a lot of, you know, other nationalities pushing Black Lives Matter and some of them are wolves in sheep's clothing because they're insinuating or inciting riots and doing certain things that, um, you know, put shed a, a, a negative light on us. And then, and then, Right after that, they'll, you know, retreat and Black Lives Matter. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> you are not for the cause. And so we need to start identifying that as well. And I think it's just time for us to, to truly, uh, you know, have come up with that agenda. And I'm still, I don't have the answers, but I'm all for uh, being a part of what that is. And I, and I, <laughs> I know that I'm pretty sure that you're also looking at, looking for it as well, Lamont. Oh, absolutely! Every 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 day, I'm always looking for the result, for the solution, because I think one of the main things that we haven't been able to do forever is, is stick together as a people. So I want to see yeah. I want to see what the what the, I want to see what the glue is right now. That's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for the glue right now. But Vincent, right. listen, we down to the last minute or so of the show, bro. Tell everybody yeah. where they can go get your book at, man. Yes, you can find the book again at the EliteSeries.com. Also, uh, go follow the uh, book page on Instagram at the Elite Way Series. And uh, if you are on Google, just type in Faces of Prophecy. Or if you're on Amazon, type in Faces of Prophecy and you'll find it there. And lastly, um, if you guys are interested in any publishing services, something that's affordable, or you just want some publishing advice, because I've noted it's very hard out there and there's no one there to try to help you, then go to mechacompany.com slash Publishing. And uh, if you want some fitness consultation, fitness tips uh, to get a real, true, comprehensive program that's going to be geared towards you, then go to mechacompany.com slash fitness. And, of course, you can follow me on Instagram at mecha.vision. All righty then, man. Again, I want to thank you for coming through, chopping it up with us, man. And for the people who joined the show late, uh, you can hear everything in its entirety in about two minutes all over the world. So it's no excuse for you not to hear the show. Uh, and if you have trouble, trouble, ask your mom and ask your daddy, ask your daddy, ask your neighbor across the street. <laughs> Somebody can know how you can get it. Ain't no reason not to get it. And, again, we'll be yes, back indeed. next Sunday. 
2.30 PST. Come back and join us again. And thanks again, Mr. Vincent Bow. We appreciate you, appreciate your knowledge, and keep on doing what you're doing. Hey, thank you for having me, man. It's been a pleasure, and uh, God bless you all. Same to you. See you all next week. God is good, 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 good. Yeah. Never ending, they never have to worry
step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.